This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to episode number four of Double Tap here on AMI Audio and on podcast. For Tuesday, the 6th of September, 2022, today, listener Nathan Tree joins us to tell us all about the stellar trek from humanware. You're listening to Double Time, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Oh, Sean Priest is here as always. Hello, Sean Priest. I feel better when you're here. Oh, oh, that's so, oh, that's really nice. Weird, but nice. Why are we only on episode four? I don't like that. I'm used to being in the 200s. This is strange to me. Yeah, well, tough, because we reset everything. We reset the clock. I I think the reason we reset the clock was because I don't think anybody was actually counting. Okay, okay, fair enough. That's a a good point. Honestly, we could be episode nine million and four. I don't think anybody's paying notes to this, so it's fine. Just go with it. You said four with such gusto in that intro. Four! I thought, wow, this is important. Okay. I think every day now will just be an episode number at random. Will be the 14th of Sad Churi. Okay, well, Sad Churi. That suits us. Yeah, no, yeah, I like that. That would be kind of, that would make sense. Good uh, morning. How are you today? Good morning, good I day, good great. afternoon, good evening. I am full of energy. I am ready for uh, a brand new day, Stephen Scott. Excellent. Well, that's, that's kind of handy because that's what we're here to do. We're here to entertain the masses. See, uh, uh, mm, now, well. this is a bit of a random one today because I'm going to hit a button and hope for this will be the one I want. The news. Oh, that was the right one. I shouldn't be surprised. I shouldn't. I'm not surprised by that. That was exactly what meant to happen. Yes, we are professionals. Don't forget. We know what buttons to hit. Well, we have buttons. And whether we hit them, that's another story. But yes, we are going to get into the news. Mm. And we're going to get to your feedback. And we're going to talk to Nathan Tree from, uh, well, actually one of our (sighs) listeners from England, Oxfordshire in England, to be precise. I'm going to do that to him. I'm going to do that to him later and see what he does. See if he likes that. He, he won't like it. Who would like that? Okay. Who, who wouldn't want to be woken by a bugle? Is that a dog? A beagle? Yeah, I was thinking that. Is that a dog? Yeah, it was a beagle trumpet. boy of Company B, the famous song. Yeah. Stephen, move along. Yeah. Have you had your coffee? I've had this a lot. Mr. F usually says that as well. He usually says, would oh, you sorry. guys just move along? Mr. Salute F. Mr. F. Mr. F. Someone Thank said you. to me the other day, it was my wife actually, she said, who's Mr. F? And I said, how dare you? How dare she? I hope you got in a, a divorce Ooh. immediately. I said, Mr. F is the one Salute. that keeps God bless you, Mr. you into the lifestyle you've become accustomed. <laughs> and uh, at which point she now thinks that Mr. F is indeed fabulous. So there you go. Yes. Uh, yeah, we've got lots to talk about today. Stellar Trek from Humanware. That is an interesting one. Nathan's here to tell us his experience of it. He's had a, a couple of days with it. Uh, hands on. So you know how we we decided at the end of last week that we thought we maybe should speak yeah. to people on the show who've actually had some experience of the tech we talk about. I know it's a whole new idea mm. on Double Tap, um, but that's what we've decided mm. to do. I'm kind of backpedaling on that approach, though. Oh, why? Well, I just these people like, know things and we don't. Yeah, I just like to throw out my in- ill-informed uh, opinion. Oh about no, that's things fine. I've We're still going to do that. Oh, well, that's okay then. Yeah, well, that's good. I I don't care. You can absolutely criticise the heck out of it if you want. I don't mind. Okay, good. Even with no evidence whatsoever. Uh, Fair (laughs) and balanced is something we're not. Um, Yes. But yes, it is time for this. The News. In fact, it was about a minute ago. Um, Yeah, shall we get into the news? Because there's a lot to talk about. A lot of stories we didn't get to. Well, I Mm. I will say this, right? Mark and I were on. Mark, it's funny, right? Because we're on five days a week. Well, I'm on yes. six days, but you and I are on together five days. Yes. Certainly four days this week, which I must admit I'm kind of annoyed about. Um, All right. I kind of wanted Sorry. more time. Are you stalking me, Stephen Scott? No, but I like, I, like, I like doing this. I don't care about you, but I like the show. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right, let's just stay together for the show. It's well, fine. That's all we're doing. We're staying together for the show. Well, at the end of the week, we were trying again. So um, yeah. now, now we're just staying together for the sake of the show. Right, okay. See, I- see it's going well. <laughs> the news is coming up. <laughs> stay with us. Uh, but yeah, when Mark and I were on, we, we managed to get through, yes. I think, two of the items on the one story we were talking about. So, um, well yeah. done. We missed a lot of other news at the weekend. So, okay, um, what we're going to... 
we're wrestling through it right now. Yeah. I can I can see that. Uh, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, well, look, we're only five minutes in. Come on, give me a chance. Uh, so Twitter has added an edit button to uh, its service. So you now can get uh, Twitter. Uh, you can send a tweet. And if you uh, want to change the tweet, you now can. This is news, apparently. Oh, no, no. Not being a, a huge tweeter. Twitter. Yeah, tell me about it. yeah, okay. So, no, I don't. But I'm sure, I am so sure I've edited a tweet before. Well, you, you can edit a tweet you... before you send it. But no, no, no. After, after I've posted. Are you sh- are you a hundred percent sure? I are mean, you kidding is there me? Some- have you have you opened any I don't know website recently that happens to have tech news on it? That's all anybody's talking about. Twitter's got an edit button. Twitter's got an edit button. That's all anybody's raving about. I I'm couldn't sure care it- less, but other people yes. apparently care about this. Well, no, I, I mean, I'm sort of amazed if it hasn't had an edit button until now. You couldn't edit a tweet you'd put out. No. Why? Why? Why no. not? All you could do is delete the tweet, and, and I used to do that sometimes. I would just delete the tweet and then repost it, and that's that was the quickest way of doing it. Oh yeah, that's clever. Oh yeah, well done. Oh, I see. Oh, maybe it's that I'm thinking of. That seems really weird. Are you sure? Oh, for goodness sake, right. I'm going to say, do you know what I write notes for this show, right? I mean, believe it or not, I actually do write notes. You should read some is, of them. Is there not, is there not a, like a, a, a Twitter you gonna, So you understand that the earth is round, right? You understand it's like a ball. Stop, stop, stop. Moon stop. landings were real. Anything is there else? not a Twitter client that allowed you to edit? No? Am I? Okay, no? Sean, when your mum and dad... Love each right, other very that's much. Enough. We do have to start there. I think we've got to start there with you, right? We've got to start right, right fine. back at the beginning. Okay. In that case, this is great news. I mean, wow, an edit button. Yeah, I didn't like that story either. Let's move on. Um, so let's talk about um, Ring, the doorbell people. Oh, who, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of those things with the Ring doorbell, isn't it? Everywhere you turn, you hear those doorbells go off and yeah, it's, it's funny if do. you hear it on a it's, it's really irritating because my dad my, my, my dad my dog <laughs> i don't my dad doesn't bark wow. um that was at least to my knowledge but um my dog <laughs> barks when he hears the door right and, and even if it's on the tv if an ad comes on for ring oh, and, yeah, and it does that, that noise. i used to do it on the radio mm. sometimes i'd be listening to the radio at night you know because i'm hugely a uh, huge lover of radio and um nerd yeah, and usually I'm just shouting at talk radio. But um, sometimes at night the ad would come on and I'd think, oh, no, no, please, no, please, no, please, no. And I'd be <laughs> coughing over it. Like, oh, no, don't do it. Uh, and then the dog would just go ballistic. Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah, well done. Well done. Very good. Quite like that. Yeah, that's good. Well, we might even leave that in. Um, but actually, wait a minute. Wait, did you make that joke? No, well, I didn't. Oh, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, so the ring doorbell. Ring doorbell the, ring, the ring doorbell people. Well, of course, for now uh, and up until now, if you lived in a flat, for example, you could get the, I, don't, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like a spy hole cam. So you could use it over the little spy hole in your door. You could place the camera oh, over that. Okay. Um, yeah. You can obviously get the ring doorbell for homes, for, for houses. But now you can get uh, a smart intercom for apartments. So it's not a camera in it, but it will hook up to existing apartments uh, intercoms. You know, there's one sometimes you get the... I used to stay in a flat at this, and you'd press the button in the house, and you'd pick oh, up yes. and say, I, I, what's that? No, no idea. And then, you know, you'd never let the person in. I'll buzz you in. I'll buzz you up. Yeah, that's uh, what we yeah. used to say, Oops. yeah. Steady. Okay. But um, yeah, well, Ring have Hang created on. this as a smart intercom. So it obviously has to wire in the same way. Why? 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 Well, why wouldn't you want this? I mean, you can then talk using your Lady A. You could talk to your intercom. Could be great mm. for people who find it difficult to maybe reach it if they're in a wheelchair or whatever. This could be useful. And that's not okay. how they're advertising this, to be fair. This is just a, a smart feature you could have in your, your home. So, yeah, I, I'm just trying to. So this is purely the audio only. Yeah, it seems to be. Yeah, I don't think there's any camera in this because if it's if it's working into building intercoms, they're often audio only, right? Of course. Yeah. All right. Okay. No, that is that is cool. And as you said, yeah, with the um, the smart integration, you could be outside anywhere in the well, world, in right, fact, yeah. And, and yeah, answer it using your Lady A app. That's a really good point because you know I, I used to think about this if I was away. Um, I mean, I, my wife and I stayed our first flat that was our first flat and we had one of those intercom systems 
And I often thought to myself, wouldn't it be great to be able to know who's at the door when we're not here? Now, of course, the ring doorbell started that. It gave us that capability. But, you know, you wouldn't be able to get that in an apartment. But you could now. That's pretty nice. I'd say all that back, as long as it's like um, $50, which I'm assuming it will be. I've not seen pricing on it yet. I've not seen pricing. Mind (sighs) you, I didn't read that far in the article. But who cares? I'm not buying it. Don't you think... (laughs) Well, that's okay. Uh, don't, don't you think... Don't you, Tesla, who you, cares? I'm not buying it. Don't, don't you think that the Ring video doorbell is overpriced? Um, well, it depends, mm. right? Because you can get the base level just over 100 bucks, right? So you can get the base model. And yeah, oftentimes in the sales... at that price. It is yeah. a lot of money. It is. Um, it is. And it's interesting how the base level is kind of about $100, or thereabouts, depending on, on when you buy it, because often in the sales you can get it cheaper. Um, you know, usually around about Black Friday, that kind of time, even through the year, especially because Ring is owned by Amazon. Um, well, see, that's the other thing. Well, you, you do have the, is it the Blink doorbell or is it the Amazon doorbell? Whatever yeah, I don't, I don't know the link between these two. I, I don't know. Is it the same company that runs the Blink versus the Amazon or is it just Amazon's I, I, another no, version of it? I thought it was the same company. It may well be. It may well be. But I don't understand why they're competing with each other. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well. Okay. We don't care. Look, video doorbells are good. Just take away the video and just replace it with audio doorbells. Which because, you can you know, do. If you've got one, you can just ask Lady A to talk to the front door or talk to whatever, you know, yeah. whatever you've labelled it as. Um, yeah. I love talking to my mum as she's uh, standing out the back of the house having a crafty cigarette. Um, so I'm watching you. Put that, put I, that I, see, out. I actually once you can set on the on the ring. Uh, what is it called? The back door ones. The, the ones you put up a floodlight cam. That's what it's called. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got the ability to record, but it's also got uh, one light either side, like huge big <laughs> lights, big eyes. Uh, and on top of that, yeah, you get that siren, and you can actually set off the siren. It is so funny. <laughs> well, you say funny. Your mum says harassment and abuse. She says many things that are, the word funny. <laughs> I think the letter F is in there, but it's not funny. I can't know if God I remember. Bless you, right Mr. Now. F. Yeah, that's Thank right. Yeah. Don't uh, forget the salute. Let's, of course, look ahead to uh, Apple's Far Out event, which is coming up tomorrow. Oh, I'm excited. <sighs> oh, you, don't tell me you're not excited again, are you? You've got to be excited by this. This is big news. <laughs> it's an Apple event, so of course I'm really interested, but. The excitement waned a long time ago. <sighs> Here we go. Well, oh. uh, the rumours are AirPods Pro 2, possibly mm. in different colours. <gasps> Ooh. That, I, I mean, who cares, right? I mean, you know, fine. I mean, no, I would like them in black, to be honest. I, I kind of sometimes think that white colour makes them so mm. obvious to would-be I'd thieves. like them in... Yeah, well, yeah. I'd like them in yellow to match my earwax. That'd be oh, nice. Lovely. Beautiful. That's a beautiful image. Thank you for that. I, I really needed that. You're welcome. Um, also, iPhone 14 in regular and Macs on both regular and pro models. So you would have the iPhone 14 and the iPhone 14 Max, the iPhone 14 Pro, and the iPhone 14 Pro Max. That's the yeah. rumour. Okay. That mm. makes sense. I don't really care. I want to know what, what, what well, the Well, Mini's gone. That's the news, right? Yeah, I... I, I... Well, you've got the Mini, so have I. I mean, are you going to miss it? I mean, well, you know, no, not that Apple come around and take them away. <laughs> you you, you know, can't like, have that anymore. Put them in the Give box. It to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was thinking this just yesterday, and I'd like it. I like the form factor. It's a lovely phone. The battery life, though, man, I've got to constantly watch yeah, that that yeah. battery drain. It is. Mine's kind of lives on my. MagSafe charger most of the day, so I don't notice the battery drain as much. So I do mine. notice it when I'm on the, the move, that's for sure. Um, my watch does pretty well. I've got the Series 7, I think, at the moment. And it's, yeah, that's the latest one, isn't it? Series 7. And, it, you know, the battery on that is incredible. Uh, when you and I were in Manchester together, that whole day, the next day, I came home and the battery was at 45, 45%. Wow. That's not oh, bad. That, that is good, yeah. No charge the night before because I forgot to charge it. And I thought, oh, that's a mistake. Um, I, I mean, well, obviously, it all depends. And look, to be fair, you know, if you have a heavy day with the watch, and I do get a lot of notifications on my watch, a lot of notifications I do not want. But I, I tend to find, and I don't use my watch for calls. I just can't be bothered with it for no, calls. No, I don't either. It doesn't do anything for me. Um, 
But, you know, I do use it for notifications. I do use it for texts, sending messages back and forward, things like that. That's it, though. That's what everyone uses it yeah, for, isn't it? I know. But, you know, you think that wouldn't deplete the battery as much. I guess it depends on how many notifications it's getting. Bear in mind, it's also constantly tracking you. It's tracking everything about yeah. you, your steps and all your health data and everything else. So I guess that has a You always a drain have the screen it. curtain on, don't you, as well? I do, yeah. It's funny because I, I, I can see the screen enough to know something's going on. And I used to be able to see... Well, I probably still could see actually the the huge icon that comes up. Um, you know, if, for example, like messages I knew would be like a really bright color. Don't know what color it yes. is, but you know, a yeah, really yeah. bright color would come up, and I think, oh, that's a message. But I couldn't read yeah, anything. Yeah, I have on my it. screen on for that reason. I can't. Yeah. I can't read anything on it, but I just like to see the pretty blurry boxes. Well, that's right. Yeah, it's funny, right? Because I've no- I've noticed this in the past couple of weeks that. I, what was I was looking at? I think it might have been the iPhone screen or maybe my iPad screen. I've got the iPad mini. And I was looking at the iPad mini and I thought, I can't tell the icons anymore. I used to be able to look at the icons at least and know what the app was. And I can't see them anymore. I can't tell, I can't distinguish them between one and the other. Oh, this is so sad. Isn't it? I was really upset have, by have that. We, have we got sad music? No. Can anyone? No. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, if I thought about that, if I if I decided it was going to be sad today, I would have brought sad music with me, but I, I wasn't. You brought me down, please. Uh, well, hang on, you brought the oh no, I can't see that anymore story. I'm just don't telling you. Me for well, you. you know, I won't, well, I won't ever bring well, my story yeah. to the table again. Good, don't share. None of us want to know. Thank you. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. You're so kind. You're so kind. Uh, all right, I'm going to shut up then, and we're going to hand over to some feedback. And we have got some fantastic feedback here. Um, just a reminder, we are going to be talking to Nathan Tree, one of our listeners who got in touch with us following our conversations on Stellar Trek. Uh, we're going to get into that and uh, his hands-on experience coming up. Really intriguing and insightful conversation, I'm sure, to come on that because I think we all want to know what this thing is actually like, what it's capable of. So um, we're going to get the answers from uh, Nathan Tree a bit later, which also sounds like a fantastic holiday location. I'd love to go to Nathan Tree for a holiday. Um, okay. I mean the place, not the individual. I'm sure he's a lovely yes, guy, yes. but I, I don't uh, think he'd no, want me he... turning up on his front door. No, but yeah, that's that's a certainty. Yeah, correct. He wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get some feedback then. And uh, we're going to kick off with uh, old friend of the show, uh, Negative Julian is here. And to save my weedy eyes, we have Laura reading the emails from The Guardian Daily. Hello, gentlemen. Yes, it's me, Negative Julian. Like an obsessive stalker, I have followed you across podcasts. I'm pretty sure the present restraining order does not cover Canada. (laughs) Thank you for this opportunity to spread despair and despondency from the old world to the new. I think that if we work together, we can spread a miasma of negativity across North America and beyond. We do this from the best of moral places. The UK currently has a vast oversupply of all these emotions, and have we not always been taught that it is good to share? If it were not such a horribly positive emotion, I could feel truly virtuous about our mission. My rant for today is navigation apps for the blind. They're all rubbish, aren't they? Unless you're in America, of course, in which they're all garbage, aren't they? (laughs) I could approach this from many directions. See what I did there. The slow or non-existent updating of points of interest. The declaration that I am heading to some point of the compass. Who cares? Does that help me get to a bus stop? And always the inherent inaccuracy. No, my rage today is that the underlying algorithms that power these apps were originally created for vehicles and they have never been rewritten for pedestrians. Sure, the apps I'm thinking of claim to be for the blind. Some even make bold claims like written by the blind for the blind. Drivel. Let me tell you that until the age of 55, I had excellent eyesight. I drove a car nearly every day and often had recourse to a sat-nav. The directions I hear today as a blind pedestrian are exactly the same as I heard as a driver. Ask yourself, have you heard a navigation app tell you to cross the road? No, you have not, because vehicles do not cross the road. They turn left or right, but they never cross the road. That is why you never hear it. Sometimes, when setting up a route, you will be told something along the lines of, this journey includes one ferry crossing. Fair enough. Vehicles use ferries. But now ask yourself, Have you ever set up a pedestrian route and been told this journey includes one pedestrian crossing and an underpass? I never hear it. A hypothetical. You are walking a route that passes a large park that has a well-established paved path across it. Taking that path will take a quarter of a mile off the distance. Does your GPS app tell you to use the path? Does it even know that it is there? 
My conclusion is that all these apps are built on top of old algorithms that were entirely vehicle oriented. You guys sometimes refer to the last 10 yard problem when talking about GPS apps. Let me rephrase that as the across the road problem. How many times have you been informed that you have reached your destination when in fact you are standing on the opposite side of a busy road from the way you want to be? That is not only infuriating, it is downright dangerous. An app truly written for the blind or even pedestrians in general would calculate a route that recognises that we need to cross roads and guide us via safe places to do so. Have you used a programme that does that? Please tell me because I have not. Until someone thinks it's profitable to rewrite the code that fundamentally underlies these apps, I question their real value to the blind. On the specific matter of that Stella Trek, I agree with Sean. Unless this device has a new approach to basic route planning, it is much too expensive. In the case of the UK and perhaps beyond, I suspect that sales of specialist blind tech may be hit hard over the next couple of years. With inflation soaring and people genuinely wondering how they will stay warm over the winter, how many of us on fixed incomes will dare to spend the sort of money that specialist suppliers ask? Oh, by the way, I nearly forgot to mention, the end is nigh. We're all doomed. Never mind. Stay happy. Negative Julian. Wow. Living up to his name there, Negative Julian. Amazing, amazing email. You know, I just stopped laughing for a minute there and just, just... was listening to you, mm-hmm. Julian, because you made so much sense. You're absolutely right. Now, I'm not sure if it's down to the algorithms themselves or more the map data, because how many pedestrian crossings are actually marked on map data? I don't know. I mean, maybe they are. I just honestly don't know. But um, More than I would have thought you, these days, right? I mean, well, you yes, would think you would expect that, that. Google would have put more effort into that. I mean, certainly walking directions is part of it. I mean, how good... The walking directions are. I'll, I'll be honest. Everything you're saying there, Julian, it kind of makes me feel like I, I kind of feel that everything I've felt about GPS has just been validated. Um, I don't yeah. find it particularly useful. I don't find it particularly helpful. Uh, I spend more time trying to work out if I'm walking the right way than actually go. I yeah. mean, I, I have this walking up and down the street problem thing that you know. I mean, it's funny. Although in saying that, as much as I want to say Ira solves everything. You know, we did that as well. We started walking and the GPS, because they were following GPS with us, they had to get us to walk yes, a certain direction to get right. us to walk the right way, which meant we had to turn back around. But, you know, at least at least with them, they can see where we're going and, and they can solve it. And to me, that really has been my saviour. You know, it, GPS is the answer. The GPS is, is only the answer when someone else is guiding you. You know, I'm like a drone being flown to where I need to go. Yeah, no, that's right. And look, that when... when I've been in town and the kids are using it and they're actually looking at their phone with the directions and, and whatever else. And it, it makes total sense. But uh, Julian's right that the, the GPS for the blind, actually, I don't think it's it's hit the mark yet. Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure if it is the algorithms or it's the map data or it's a combination of the two. But yes, but maybe, hey, maybe the Stellar Trek will solve that. I don't know. Well, let's uh, see what Peter has to say. Peter has been in touch uh, also with thoughts on the Stellar Trek and our move to a daily double tap. Greetings to all. It's Peter from Robin Hood County, hoping you're all well. Sounds like a good idea, turning blind guy into double tap and having that six days a week. I've enjoyed all the blind guys, so I will look forward to listening to double tap and... As long as it covers all the bases, I'm happy with that. Uh-oh. Now to the stellar Trek. <laughs> you must be joking. I'm not forking out a grand for that. <laughs> it seems very strange that a company that's offering a product for a blind person has its instructions on a video. I wonder if there are any audio uh, instructions to go with the video. No, there must be. But personally... I'm not going to bother. I can think of better things to spend a thousand pounds on. Like my electricity bill. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, I wish them the best with it. I'm sure people will get use out of it. And I'm sure it's a, a very good, well-made and sturdy product. So good luck to them with it. I think I'll save my money for a rainy day. Or as I said, my electric bill. Before I go... Don't forget that when iOS 16 comes out, you will find door detection in the magnifier. 
So my advice to you is to set it on door detection and use your double back tap or triple back tap to set up a shortcut and then you'll have it there all the time. Unless it's quicker to bump into the door. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks for all the interesting blind guide podcasts. It's like platin fog trying to follow you lot. <laughs> if you could stay put for a few years, I'd be quite happy with that. Good luck with Double Tap. I'll be listening. Take care from Peter in Robin Hood County. Oh, thank you, Peter. Yeah, uh, we're staying put, don't you worry. Until we're told otherwise, obviously. Um, yes, but yeah. until we're thrown out. Yeah, which may not be far away. You never know. No. Uh, but no, seriously, uh, you know, what a wonderful uh, email and our message, I should say, voicemail, um, which uh, Peter sent in. In fact, he did send us an email with the voicemail attached, and you can do that just if you want to record on your device and send us a message to feedback at ami.ca. We'll give you more of the contact details in a moment. But yeah, to, to Peter's point, you know, it is a lot of money to consider for a GPS device. And this is the, the thread that seems to be coming through. You know, and he also brings up this point, which sometimes we forget about. I don't mean to forget about it, but because we get wrapped up in the tech, we kind of forget that there's a real world problem right now, a real world crisis where people don't have money. And they are worried about electricity bills and how to pay for, you know, food and, and heat their home during winter. That is yes. obviously a major deal, right? So, you know, when it comes to it, companies like, like HumanWare will have to, you know, be, be watching carefully to see what happens. Not just HumanWare, but any company, frankly, that is selling assistive tech at high prices. I mean, you know, we talk about the Envision glasses and we'll be talking more about that this week, you know. It's, it's incredible, you know, the amount of money that, that is needed uh, yeah, to but, get this I mean, stuff. It's, it's a global problem, right? You know, the, the, the economies go up, go down, recession hits and all that. And at the moment, we're in a turbulent few, who knows, months or years, whatever it's going to be. So, I mean, you can't really, you can't make it, oh, wait, it's too expensive. You know, humanware are, are doing wrong, can you? You know, it, it's just a case no, no, of... No, 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 no. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying humanware are making a mistake here by doing this. I mean, they look, they would bring out this product regardless, and they should. You know, we want them to innovate. We want innovation oh, yeah, in this absolutely. space. Um, yeah. What I'm saying is that they, they, I agree with Peter, they will be impacted by this. Oh, yes, definitely. No but, uh, you know, and so will all companies. So will Apple, are... Samsung, Amazon. I'm sure absolutely. they'll all be affected by this. Yeah. Yeah, it is slightly scary times. Wow, this is a bit of a, uh, a doomsday episode. <laughs> yeah, well, look, we are going to we are going to talk more about uh, Stellar Trek. Nathan Tree is going to join us in a couple of minutes. He is going to be here to tell us all about uh, the Stellar Trek from his own experience. And I think this is what we really need here. I think we need to get a little bit of perspective on do. this device and you know what it's capable of, what it can do. Uh, so please do stick around for that. Uh, we now know the phone number, by the way. Do you, do you want to know what it is? <gasps> we've got the number. Um, well, are we sure it's correct? Yes, we've tested All it. Right. Okay, okay. In fact, go on then. In fact, lay, we have, we have evidence here. Uh, this is Michael mm. who's got in touch with us to tell us uh, his thoughts on the number. And it's the first time I've ever been heckled in a voice message. Oh, cool. If we'd rather you didn't leave a message, let you know. I'm confused on that one. I think you meant if you'd rather us not play it on the air, then let us know. I don't care if you play this on the air. Hey, it's Michael. Glad to know that we got the phone number figured out. Yay! 4567 Or to make it kind of more like what Sean prefers, 877-803-4567. That's convoluted. 877-803-4567. I do like that. Anyways, love the new format. Keep up the awesome work. And have a good holiday. I don't know. If, I'm probably not the first one to leave a voicemail on this number. But if I am, you can call yes. it the Michael line for a minute. All right. I'm done. I don't got anything up. <laughs> have a great show. <laughs> He's not the first. He's not the first. Greg Hayes was the first person to get in touch with us uh, on the line. Of so course, you know Greg. Officially, we must call it the Greg line. We will call it the McFlurry line because he's a McFlurry lover. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that number is one eight seven seven. What? Leave six, that. Okay. Uh, not six. one eight seven seven eight zero three. honestly, 4567. Look it up on the notes. Honestly, it's so much easier. one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. Email feedback at ami.ca. You can, of course, find us across social media at Double Tap On Air. Stick around. Nathan Tree joining us next to talk about the Stellar Trek. 
Can't get enough Double Tap? Subscribe to the podcast and get your fill of Double Tap every day. Visit DoubleTapOnAir.com and follow us now. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Yeah, guys, welcome back to the show. It is Stephen Scott, Sean Priest with you on Double Tap for a brand new week. And today we're talking about the Stellar Trek. Now, you know what, Sean... You said it last week, you said it on Friday's show, it'd be really nice to speak to someone who has actually had some hands-on experience of this device, rather than us just going, well, it's great, but, you know, £10,000 or whatever it costs, or $10 million, (laughs) you know, whatever it is, it's just, it's too much money, uh, and I'm not paying it, even though it could be the greatest thing on earth. So it would be kind of nice, wouldn't it, to hear from somebody who knows what they're talking about. Not such a person exists, Stephen Scott. <laughs> well, I don't that's think what anyone has had their hands on. No one exists to answer that, except one person. Uh, no. We have him with us now. Nathan Tree is joining us. Now, Nathan, where are you, Nathan? I'm in Oxford in England. Oxford in Englandshire. <laughs> oh, very nice. <laughs> that's Oxford, isn't it? Well, well done. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm I, not sure. They, yes, they have their own fanfare. Nobody's sure, Nathan. Don't don't listen to him. Welcome to the show. I, just, I, just, I think of the I think of the university. I think of uh, lots of people in suits. Um, are you one of those people, Nathan? Um, I'm not in a suit right now. No, but yeah, I do some stuff with the university. There are a lot of people in suits. You're right. There you go. See, I got it right. I got it right, Sean. <laughs> Yeah, I don't agree with him, Nathan. It makes life much more difficult. <laughs> uh, now, look, we have been talking a lot about the Stellar Trek in the past couple of weeks in the lead up to our new daily show and, uh, you know, on previous podcasts and everywhere else. Basically, anybody who will listen, I've been talking about this, but I haven't had hands-on experience yet. I'm hoping to get a demo in the next couple of weeks. But you, you've beaten us all to it. You've actually got a demo. You've had uh, hands-on with the new Stellar Trek. So, Okay, it's over to you then, Nathan. What is this device like? Uh, how does it feel? Uh, I've got so many questions. Let's start with, let's start with the first one, which is, uh, how did you find it? So it was actually quite easy to use. There's there's a lot of features on there that um, that you would have to learn, but there's not that many options with the buttons, so you kind of cycle through. Um, I've I found getting around with it really good because it not only is a GPS that shows you where you're going, but also it talks to you about what's around you as you come past it. So if you get to a crossroads, it tells you which street you're crossing and it tells you what landmarks are on your left and right as well. So I actually found it quite fun to use as well. Nathan, do you use, how often do you use the other, let's say, smartphone GPS apps like Google Maps or let's say even the ones more specialist to us, the Soundscapes, for example, how often do you use those? Quite often, actually. Um, So part of my job is to get around and find people's houses and different buildings. Um, So I used them. I I used one yesterday to get across Oxford on a walk and it worked really well. So um, it's interesting to see what what other tech can do that might enhance that experience as well. Yeah, absolutely. There's no reason you couldn't use both devices, right? Your smartphone with whatever GPS app and the Stellar Trek. But the, the, the big question in the community obviously is, and we have this for a lot of specialist tech, is, you know, basically, have I already got this on my smartphone? Which is why I was saying we need someone who's actually used it to see if the specialist nature of the Stellar Trek really does make that much of a difference. So, you know, if it really is much more useful than your smartphone app. So I think... Well, a, a good place to start is battery life. As this thing is standalone for this, it um, it's going to work a lot longer. So I went out with my iPhone yesterday using GPS and listening to a podcast at the same time, and the battery just drained. Um, so you're going to get that peace of mind that you're you're going to be able to hold on to some battery and use it when you really need it. And then I think as well is having that standalone device means that you can... Um, you can have that kind of synchronicity using different devices at the same time. So you can use your phone, but also still get around. Um, and the OCR on it is stronger than it is, at least on my iPhone. Um, so when it came to recognizing doors and numbers on the door, it was actually a lot more accurate. Okay, so can maybe maybe talk us through that then. So how does mm-hmm. all that work? Because so the OCR capability and this door detection feature, um, I mean, as soon as we had door detection, Nathan, everyone thought, okay, but hang on, that's what the iPhone's bringing in. Is it going to compete with that? Is it going to, well, not compete, but is it going to be as good 
as that. What's your experience? I found it really good, actually. So when we when we tried it, it tells you anything it can it can read. So it tells you the door number, but also it tells you where in relation to the door you are. So, for instance, it would say it's at two o'clock. So you don't necessarily even have to have aligned yourself in the first place, which is really good. And it'll tell you the number as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it says, for instance, you're at number 32 and the door is at two o'clock. It's, it's really quite accurate as well. So is it like a single snapshot then? So do you take yeah. a picture with it? How, how does, does it just automatically yeah, it, recognize it? Works it works something more like like a, um, an all-cam read kind of thing. So you, yeah, it takes the shot and then tells you what's in the shot. But it also, I'm told, they'll they'll be doing more with that, not not just the OCR, but also more scene recognition like seeing AI does. Yeah, I, I would really like that to be real-time for door detection because we, mm. what we yeah. always come down to with GPS, and maybe we'll talk about GPS in a moment, is that, you know, GPS, I'm not convinced of the usefulness. It's the 10-yards problem, isn't it? The last 10-yards yeah. problem of it can get you to the general, okay, you're at the building. I know the building's on my right, but getting the, to the actual entrance of a building is a real issue. And this is where I've been using services like Ira or Be My Eyes, you know, or even family WhatsApp group, you know, to say, okay, FaceTime. I'm here, but I, can, I can't. Or FaceTime, yeah. yeah, absolutely. There are lots of options. But the point is that if door detection, that could really help with that last 10 yards uh, problem, especially if you haven't got a data connection and it can do it on device. It, um, it so, certainly can, but, yeah. Uh, Having to go around a building and take pictures to find that door, though, it, it sounds a little bit cumbersome, but is it actually in, in real use easier than I'm making it out? So, it yeah, it, it is that little bit cumbersome to, to point things at a door. But one thing I'm told they're also working on is using AI to tell you more about what you're seeing. So it might tell you the door's on the right, but actually the gate's on the left. So going to give uh, you, right. yeah. you know, more, so more than just holding your phone up, you know, using voiceover or something to, to detect something might, might be able to do. No, it's very good. Very good. And of course, we don't know how well door detection is going to work on the iPhone as of yet. And uh, oh, come it, on. It's it, going to be amazing. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. But it also requires <laughs> the, 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 the top of the line pro pro max, doesn't it? Because we need the LiDAR well, we don't to, know that to make yet. it work. We don't know that yet. We'll find out this all week. Right. We're going to find out when the okay. new iPhone is out. And we'll, right, I, I think they'll all, I think they're all going to have LiDAR in them. There, I've said it. Oh, calm down. Yes, but I mean, would be uh, nice. look, the, yeah. uh, the Stellar Trek humanware is able to do it just using the two cameras, right? So I don't. I don't see the reason why you necessarily need LiDAR unless it proves to be more accurate in real time. I don't know. But we'll have to wait and see. That might be what it is, isn't it? It's, it's probably to do with that and, and measurement. And, of course, LiDAR is used for many more things than just that, right? So it's got lots of, of potential. But, yeah, it's, so, so okay, so the OCR, and, and does it do other things as well? Does it recognise, like, short text? Does it do what seeing AI uh, does? Yeah, the, o- the OCR, yeah, you can just hold it over things. It doesn't quite do things you know, maybe as much as something like an all cams OCR would do. So you can't like scroll through what you're listening to. You can just hold it over and it reads it out to you. Um, but, you know, for short text, that's quite useful. Um, it's also got a feature where you can, um, you can make beacons as well. So you can say, or oh, watch out for the e-scooter parking there or something. And as you walk past it, it will remind you of that. And if you don't like hearing your own voice, you can also override it with um, text-to-speech and type in what you need it to say. That's, that's a bit like the Soundscape beacons. Or, yeah. Do you call it beacons on Markers, Soundscape? Markers. Uh, audio beacons. Markers, yeah. yeah. Same yeah. thing. That's that's interesting, right? Okay. Yeah, it also plugs into a keyboard as well, so you can um, you can input and edit any recordings you've got on there easier than scrolling through the text mm. using the directional buttons. And that's also, I believe, quite useful as well for entering the Wi-Fi password. Which you know, yeah. I was watching a demo on YouTube, and it sounded it seemed a little bit difficult to do without the keyboard. So yeah, the, the keyboard benefit is good there. So yeah, we, okay, we've talked about the OCR and that's very interesting. And that door detection feature, you, you I mean, if you're rating out of 10, you know, one being <laughs> awful, 10 being the best yeah. thing ever, where does it sit? I'd say, yeah, seven. I'd, okay. There's a bit bit more I'd like from it, but it, but it works well enough for, you know, probably your average user. And I'm guessing that the, because I often find with these devices, my experience is often it's just a bit laggy. 
And, you know, it feels like it could just, you know, it feels a little bit slow, feels like it could just be, you know, a little bit quicker. Is that the, is that the case with this? Um, with definitely with the the door detection, it was it's not instant. But when walking around and using the GPS was, yeah, perfectly fine. It was it was easy to use. That's cool. Because the, the, the thing I find <laughs> really annoys me about GPS is, you know, when you turn a corner onto a new road and you get no information. And you can't continue walking, and you're thinking, "Please tell me something." Um, so that's uh, that's when I started using Soundscape. I thought this is really responsive. I understand totally what you mean by the lag, there, Stephen. And and you know, when you turn a corner, you want to know, okay, am I on the right street? Am I heading the right way? So uh, yes, I would expect the Stellar Trek to be uh, pretty pretty responsive in that effect. Although, is a lot of that to do with not the device itself, but the satellite it's connecting to, right? Because you're not getting you know, you have to obviously walk a little bit down the road to get to the point where the satellite can address where you are. It's, yeah, I, it's not as accurate I, as we'd like it to be. I, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't think it's down to that. I think it's down to purely it knowing how much information to pass on, when to actually speak. In mainstream GPS apps, I find it's a little bit less than I would like, and that's why I think, you know, in some cases, the specialist tech could give you because it knows we want as much information as possible yeah. it's, it's finding that that fine balance between too verbose and not enough information right so so one thing they did tell me was that this one as opposed to their previous models which connect to two satellites this one's got capability over four so it should be more accurate and yeah it's have less lag on that as well and it's got the galileo support on this one hasn't it I believe so, yeah, but I'm not really sure what that means. <laughs> so, so well, my understanding is this is a much more accurate satellite, but what I don't know is in the UK, where, where we are, whether that is, you know, because the UK uh, bailed out of Europe um, and, and kind mm. of said, screw you to the Europeans, um, that's that, basically. So <laughs> high and dry on that one. <laughs> I think we're still part of the system because we, we inputted quite a lot into the gallery. It's a European satellite nah, system. So. No one cares. No, no, no. It's all fine. <laughs> it's, it's, look, it's future-proofing for when the Galileo lonely, lonely GPS... island. <sighs> you, you come from Scotland. It's even lonelier. Uh, the, the, <laughs> there's, there's nobody GPS here. Does... There is nobody <laughs> here. I'm going to stop. Okay, when it does come online, it, it's just future proofing that that device can access it, which is good news. I, I want to talk about the physical device itself the, mm-hmm. i mean how big is it does it fit in your pocket nicely how, what sort of size is this it, thing well i was wearing it in like a shirt pocket so that um i i wasn't connected to my headphones so i could hear it there it's i'd say it's slightly bigger and thicker than an iphone but not not too much so oh, that's quite nice yep uh, I can yeah deal with that well you got a bigger battery as well like you say in battery life when it comes to gps is very important so that's quite nice yeah, and it's got nice tactile buttons as well, so it's it's easy to use. You're very sure when you've pushed something, so I quite like that. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about the GPS? Because, you know, that's the bit that I think we're all interested in. How does it compare, really, is the big question, to any app you can get on an iPhone or an Android device? Because, look, when it comes to it, you cannot avoid the fact this thing is an expensive device. We're talking, you know, well over, it depends on where you are, but, you know, roughly around 1500 Canadian dollars is, is the kind of price that's being mooted at the moment. Um, and that's a lot of money for a device like this. You know, whereas you could buy three iPhone SEs for that. Could give iPhones away. And you'd still have <laughs> you'd an iPhone SE with all the capability. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I guess the question is, how does it fare? How does it, how does it compare, do you think, based on your initial tests? I think depending on how much you want to go out and do things and how much you're going to places you don't normally go, I, I think it could be worth it. Um, it. It certainly is a great peace of mind, the fact that it has its own battery life and has its own system that you're not relying on keeping iPhone battery all day, which is something I often have a problem with, with my iPhone. Yeah, I agree. I'm kind of like, oh, I've got to carry around another device. But then again, I often carry around a battery pack to keep my iPhone charged anyway. So it's almost like, well, what's the difference, right? And this is a standalone device. i got to say, I'll admit, and I put my hands up, I was a little bit dismissive of this uh, when I first heard about it. Um, I just, again, I'm thinking, my, for that money, it's a one-trick 
pony, right? Well, two trick, I suppose, with the door detection OCR. But um, you know, with your as, as we always have this argument with specialist tech, a smartphone can do so many other things in one package, and you're only paying that once. But actually, you know, like you say, it always comes down to if the individual has a use case where this is better than you know the the smartphone app, then. Yeah, what, what sort of price do you put on that? that? That price is justifiable in that case, especially for someone like you who sounds like a nightmare to me, trying to find houses all day. Um, I, you know, this absolutely would, would make sense for you. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm sure you, you've both discussed before, you know, you have people who may struggle with using an iPhone and this kind of simpler technology when it comes to actually controlling it um, f- like straight out of the box um, might, might suit people a lot more. Well, that's a really interesting point, actually. And, you know, I, I don't even think it's it's that for a lot of us. I mean, I'll give you an example for me. I remember Sean and I, we did a demo of some applications. I think it was like uh, there was Move It, the, the bus tracker app, and there was another one. Mm-hmm. And, and we went out to do this. And it. <laughs> I remember trying to find my bus. And it took me about half an hour just to get through this app and through the rest of it and, you know, get everything and, and figure out where I was and, and then, you know, figure out what bus was going where. But at that point, I'd missed like three buses um, because there was just so much faffing about going on to get the apps. And, you know, th- these applications, they can be quite difficult. And of course, if there's an update and it breaks the accessibility, that's even worse. And you might not know that until you're on the move. Whereas you know that this device is always going to be there. It's got those physical buttons. So it's got those markers that you can always find your way back to. Couple that with the battery life. And yeah, you can kind of see why these devices are popular, not just with people who are looking for simplistic technology, because I don't think it is simplistic. It's obviously very technical, but it does have the advantage of uh, being simple to use. And that can benefit all of us, right? Yeah, I agree. Well, that was easy. (laughs) I, I disagree with Stephen, just just to be on the counter there. But I, I, no, it's, it's, you're absolutely right. I don't know though. That sometimes you know, just because it's got, I hear people say that all the time about the Blind Shell Classic as well, the smartphone with the physical buttons rather than the touchscreen. Yeah. There does seem to be um, people seem to perceive that the touchscreen can be more difficult, and uh, you know, for people with motor difficulties, I absolutely uh, I recognise that, but. I don't know. I think there's a learning curve no matter what. And I, I kind of think that a learning curve to a an app would be akin to the learning curve uh, curve of, of navigating through the options on uh, any specialist tech, uh, and the Stellar Trek being one of them. There's still a learning curve there, right? It's not just pick up and play. No, cer- certainly not. But I, I think, le- let's say for someone who recently lost their vision doesn't know how to use voiceover this might be might be an option for them where they'll pick that up very quickly and get themselves out moving again yeah it's a fair point and this is something i mean you know about this right this is what you do you you go out there and you actually speak to people all the time you've been i saw you tweet the other day you were out visiting someone uh showing them uh you know the iphone se and showing them how that worked and and i guess that had a really positive impact on them but you know even for someone like that who's got that device yes that's great but you know, navigation, it, you know, it's vital. I mean, sometimes you can be in, in, in a place you don't know. You've got no idea. You're reliant on this device to get you back. You do not want to be worrying about battery life. You do not want to worry about losing connection. You want to get the answers to get you home or get you back to where you're going safely. So that's that's important. Uh, Nathan, I want to also ask you about the, the omission from the Stellar Trek, which a few people have raised eyebrows and your brows and anything else frankly you want to raise as a result of this and Stop it. and that is the um the the lack of the the victor reader part of the stream essentially um being brought into this so you know victor reader stream had uh podcast capabilities internet radio listening to books taking notes all that stuff you could do all that in the victor reader the trek comes along and adds the gps capability and then the stellar trek comes along and takes away a whole bulk of all of that leaves you just the GPS and gives you the OCR capability. Did uh, HumanWare miss a trick here by maybe not including the, the elements of the Victor Reader stream in this? Um, I'm not really sure, really, because I think what that does is allows it to preserve that battery life and make it there as that backup for you. Um, you know, we all know listening to podcasts all day, it, it does drink your battery. So I, I think 
they're they're really trying to simplify it to a point where this does this job for you, knowing that you know maybe people always have a smartphone in their pocket as well. I would really love to see Ira appear. It seems Ira is uh, <laughs> popping up everywhere. Can you imagine? I mean, this would be the ultimate mobility orientation device, then, wouldn't it? It's got cameras on board. I'm assuming it's running some sort of substrate of Android. Maybe not. I don't know. But um, yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. So I mean, it'd be amazing. <laughs> We could see Android on, not Android, Ira on this device as well. I mean, I think that would make it the ultimate device. And it's got a USB-C on there. And I've seen some people talking on Twitter saying, hey, this could even support something like the ARX Vision headset. I mean, is that that, that likely, do you think, Nathan? I I don't really know. Like, from my... Uh, well, my initial discussions with kind of humanware were they're open to different ideas. They, you know, it's considerable that it may even have Braille capability as well. Um, so I, I think they'll try things and I, I guess it's just down to what's what's profitable for them to put the work in for, isn't it? Now, listen, like I say, you do this work every day. You're out speaking to people all the time. Tell us a little bit about what you do and where and, and give a shout out for the organisation you do yeah. work with. Sure. So I work for a, a local charity in Oxfordshire called My Vision Oxfordshire. We've we've just rebranded from Oxfordshire Association for the Blind. Uh, three days a week, I am a I work in a resource centre. I do tech training and uh, different mobility things as well. And then two days a week, I'm a community engagement officer. So I'm out and about talking to people, making groups because we all know how how socialising makes a big difference and trying to get people more engaged in the world around them. Absolutely brilliant. Excellent. Yeah. Sounds like a great uh, great job. And and that's <laughs> you definitely need your GPS device for that, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> certainly. No, that's that's brilliant. Uh, listen, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your thoughts on all of this, Nathan. It's been really good to have you here on Double Tap. Uh, do come back soon because I'd love to hear more from you. I'm sure there's a lot more we could talk about. Yeah, great. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, been great Thank having you. you. Thank you so much, Nathan. Uh, there you go, Nathan Tree uh, from Oxfordshire in England. That means nothing. Can I not do that? No. Is that not allowed? No. It Am I have... offending Eng- yes. Englandshire? Yes, you're that, offending Cambridge. Right. Stop it. I'm a, I thought Cambridge is Cambridge Oxford. I don't no. know. No, I know nothing. No, thank you, Nathan. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> that is it for our show today. Uh, we are, of course, back tomorrow. If you would like to get in touch with us, please do get in touch. Remember that email address, feedback at ami.ca, or you can find us across social media at Double Tap on air and uh, you can listen to us uh, wherever you get your podcasts as well you can catch up on previous episodes remember we're here noon 8pm and 4am eastern every noon. single day on AMI-audio we that's, are taking over Sean Priest that's we are noon. taking over noon no, stop, stop that thank you I'm going to start <laughs> I'm going to offend Oxfordshire every time you do that I'm going, that Oxfordshire's Oxford. getting it okay yeah Keep in touch with us, as I say, and find us on social media at Double Tap On Air, wherever you get your social media, the good stuff and the bad one. Um, <laughs> and you can decide for yourself which that one is. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Sean, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.